0: Lord Krishna is the beloved son of Mother Yasoda, the transcendental lover in the land of Raja, the delight of Goku. Kana, a nickname of Krishna, the wealth of the lives of the gopis, he steals the mind of even Cupid and punishes the Kaliya serpent. These pure holy names of Lord Hari are full of sweet nectarian pastimes, Krishna is the Lord of the Twelve Forests of Raja. He's ever youthful and is the best of lovers. He's always playing on a flute and he's an excellent dresser. Krishna is the protector of the inhabitants of Raja, the destroyer of various demoniac dynasties, the keeper and tender of Nanda cows, the giver of pleasure to the cows, land, and spiritual senses, the husband of the goddess of fortune, the butter thief, and the beautiful coward boy of Nandumaraj. Krishna wanders along the banks of the river Yamuna. He stole the garments of the young damsels of Yadja who were bathing there. He delights in the mellows of the Rasa dance. He's very merciful. The lover and beloved of Simata the great dancer of Vrindavan, and the shelter and only refuge of Thakur Bhaktivinoda in this way Srila Bhaktivedanta was deeply absorbed um, in remembering Krishna and Krishna's various pastimes and he wrote different songs um, songs where he's glorifying Krishna or other songs that are more like like a catharsis, where he describes his own mind as wicked, um, where he describes himself as a, as a sinful man, and where he is basically um, taking, seeing himself as most fallen, but somehow or other as having received the mercy of Lord Chaitanya, Lord Nichananda. And therefore, somehow or other, this miracle of pure devotional service has happened. Um, um. (coughs) It is stated that the maternal home of the family of Silabhakti Vinod Thakur is in West Bengal in the village Ula, which is very close to Ranagat, for those who know the way to uh, Mayapur. And uh, that was where his maternal grandfather resided. And then uh, it is stated that his paternal grandfather was in a village named Chukti in, uh, in Orissa, uh, that there the paternal <coughs> grandfather resided. Now, both claim that he took birth in either place, and uh, believe it at that. Uh, but he spent time in, in both these places. Um, we remember, that when Bhaktivinoda Thakur was, was young and studying, um, when he was studying, no let me not begin there too quick, um, first he grew up and it is said, he describes himself, how um, there was a tree in the garden with very delicious fruits, reddish, round fruits that looked extremely juicy and tasty. However, that tree, the tree where they grew, was supposed to be haunted. And everyone said you couldn't go near that tree. Now they had one maid and this maid seemed to know a lot about ghosts and spirit. She was saying they had eyes that were like fiery coal. and But then she also said one more thing. She said that if you would chant the name of Ram, that the ghosts would not be able to touch you, that you were protected. So he did it. He ventured out to the tree. Ram, 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 He dreamt whatever he could, Ram, 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 and ran back, arms full of fruits, and nothing happened. So, although his family were actually not worshipping, not worshipping Lord Vishnu, although they were not Vaishnavas, he, somehow or other, by this mates special mercy upon him, developed faith in Lord Ram, at the early age. And so, uh, the beginning of his faith was there. It is, as many families in Bengal are shaktas and are worshipping Kali and Durga, so his family also did. It is so he definitely um spent a substantial time of his youth in Ula. Whether he actually appeared there or that he appeared in church, <coughs> that I can't say. But basically he grew up in Bengal. And there in Bengal hmm, he Bengal was the uh, the headquarters of the uh, of the British Raj, because it was from there that the British Raj was controlling all of Southeast Asia. In those days, there was no Suez Canal. So because the Suez Canal wasn't there, therefore, uh, Calcutta was a very major strategic point because it was behind India. To get there, you had to go all the way around (laughs) India. So reinforcement was not quickly available there. Uh, And to get to India, you had to go all the way around Africa. So it was a major, major journey to get to Calcutta. Uh, Once the Suez Canal was there, then That cut off the whole Africa. So uh, that meant that was a lot of, uh, saved a lot of time. So Calcutta was very important at the time. uh, After the Suez Canal came about, Calcutta lost its importance. So Calcutta was basically then the headquarters, it was the capital of the British. From there, They were administering India and also other neighboring countries. So, therefore, Calcutta became the cultural headquarters of its time. It is explained that the first settlers from British who came to India they started in Calcutta, in the center of Calcutta, which was then not one city as it's now, but rather an area with many, uh, many villages. And in the center of that area, they made a fort known as Fort Williams. So Fort Williams became a initially a place where the military settled and then quickly being followed by academics who had interest in the culture of India, early Indologists, and thirdly by missionaries who came later. So first the Indologists were in Fort Williams collecting many manuscripts and it was actually a great center of learning at the time. Even now Oxford is full of manuscripts that came from from Fort Williams and they even haven't been catalogued, all of them, uh, uh, because our devotees are, the, uh, are now the uh, librarians for the Hindu faculty, so they told me that there are lots of manuscripts there. Who knows what secrets are still buried in, in, the, in the basements of Oxford. Hmm. We should send a devotee in there. Um, anyhow, so I'm sketching here the beginning of, of British culture in, in Calcutta, a culture of learning and a culture of, uh, of academic study now of the Vedic culture and scriptures. That became the thing, that became the new thing of the time, the uh, obviously anybody in India who wanted to, uh, who was into upward mobility uh, would study in the British universities and get a degree, and so did Bhaktivinoda Thakur, and he studied law. Right. Which obviously is a respectable thing. So, um, and many were studying, and many intellectuals were drawn to Calcutta. Um, practically all the villages emptied out. Prabhupada explained that the villages would, they emptied out, and all the upper, upper class people went to Calcutta to study under the British so and that was happening in calcutta and so calcutta was was like a place of 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 high culture of high intellectual culture Um, there uh, now british and indians side by side were studying the vedic culture through an (coughs) academic approach and so did Bhakti Thakur. And that class of intellectuals that came about, they were known as the Badralok. The Badralok were the auspicious people. That's what it translates, the Badralok. So, Sila Bhakti Thakur is counted amongst the Badralok. And the Badralok, at the time, produced many, uh, they were all writers, right? and of course, if you know, Tanker was writing. Um, he was writing. Was he a writer? Um, he wrote about a hundred books in his lifetime. So he was a serious writer. Uh, and uh, he, yeah, some of these books were even before. Um, before Vaishnavism and some of the books as Vaishnava. As a Vaishnava, of course, he is famous for his songs and we sang one of the songs, which are meditations. But otherwise, he's also known for a number of his books. And uh, one which is considered very important is uh, is the book Jaiva Dharma. The book Jaiva Dharma is giving a full overview of Vaishna philosophy, and more than that. And another book that is also very important is Chaitanya Amrita, where he summarize the essence of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings um, but also uh, Harinam Chintamani in Chaitanya Charitamrita there is a dialogue between Haridas Thakur and various personalities about the name about the holy name and and Srila Bhaktivedanta Thakur elaborated on that discussion. He expanded it into a whole book entitled Harinam Chintamani, which is like the book that really describes a lot about the holy name and also discusses the offenses to be avoided in, in the chanting of the holy name. Um, Jaiva Dharma also <laughs> deals with the Holy Name. Mm. Jaina Dharma in chapter 23 is describing the nature of names and is saying there are amongst the names of Krishna there are primary names and secondary names. He said the secondary names are the names that describe Krishna <coughs> When he's interacting with the material energy because those activities are not eternal like karta the one who is doing the creation right? but the creation is not done all the time right whereas if we say therefore Sristikarta is considered a. A secondary name whereas Govinda is a primary name because it deals with the pastimes of Krishna in the spiritual world and therefore these pastimes are continuously going on and these are Krishna's eternal pleasure pastimes whereas creating the material energy is not something that Krishna likes That. That he does because it's the living entities who desire to be separate from him. All right. He creates some sort of world where you can forget Krishna and at the same time he arranges also that the living being is reminded of Krishna. So secondary names, primary names, in this way uh, Srila Bhakti Vinod Thakur describes the holy names of Krishna. If we would turn to Jaiva Dharma chapter 23, we would find that Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur is quoting at least some 40 verses that are, <coughs> are, are evidence supporting, uh, supporting the chanting of the Holy Name. So if one is looking for uh, evidence, then it is chapter 23 of. Javadharma, we will not go there now, we'll just leave it at that. Dharma is, is more than a book, more that displays the philosophy. Dharma is also a book that displays the culture of Bengal. The story is, is happening just less, less than a hundred years after the disappearance of Lord Chaitanya. So it's still fresh. In fact, we still encounter a Vaishnava who was present when Lord Nichananda sat under the tree, uh, on the bank, under the Banyan tree, on the bank of, of the Ganga in Panihati. In uh, and when Das came, they, oh, you thief! Oh, catch that thief! And they brought him before another. You rascal, you have stolen away the opportunity for me to embrace you by offering obeisances of at a distance. For this you will be punished. And Raghunadas was punished. He had to make chip rice for all the Vaishnavas. So Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur describes how there was one Vaishnava who was present there. and, and And he was elder. And he was very deep in his Krishna consciousness and very ecstatic. And so he is one of the personalities that appeared. Basically, what is happening is this. Is that in Godrum, uh, which is one of the nine islands in navadvipa there is a group of Vaishnavas. They are all they have all taken the Babaji Vesh following the six Goswamis because that what was prevalent at the time. All the followers of the six Goswamis would take the Babaji Vesh. Uh, it was only after Srila Bhakti Siddhanta who started to introduce Varna Ashram and Sannyas because the Babaji's are they leave Vana Ashram they give up Varna Ashram and simply get absorbed in hearing and chanting as, as their main activity they take off their Brahmin threads and then Śrīla Bhakti Siddhānta started to give Brahmin threads right? and started to and himself took Sannyas right, to establish that they were all within Vardan Ashram. So he built a movement on Varda Ashram, but at very renounced, very simple, living in huts and basically staying away from interaction with the material energy and constantly chanting lacks of names and always absorbed in discussions, glorifying the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And all that was happening in Gojun. That was pretty interesting. Meanwhile, across the river, from there, in Navadvip, there, that was the place of Navanyaya. Since Bhattacharya Vasudev Sarvabhobhobhobha had gone to a where they had developed this Navanyaya. Nyaya is found in ancient scripture, and Navanyaya was an adjustment in Nyaya in a response to Buddhism, because the Nyaya philosophy didn't stand very strong in debate with Buddhism. Therefore, they came up with Navanyaya and stood very strong. Mm. Ayodja was very pleased to have this unique philosophy, so they allowed visitors to come and to hear about it. Oh, yes but no one was allowed to take any notes. But Sarvabhauma, Bhattacharya, (laughs) went there um, and he memorized everything, took it back to Navadvip and perfected it. And then Navadvip became the place of Navanyaya. So this Navanyaya was, was very big in Navadvip while the Vaishnavas were in Godrum. It is said that there was particularly, there were two personalities who were very, very famous. One was Vrajanath and the other one was Arakanath Chudamani. And somehow or other, this Vrajanath, every time again, would defeat Chudamani. Oh, Chudamani, Chudamani was greatly suffering because Chudamani lived in the shadow of Rajanath. Ho, ho Rajanath! meanwhile, was, was studying, and in the course of his studies, he came across a reference that referred to Nimai Pandit as a great logician. So he developed interest in Nimai Pandit. But then, as he read more and more about Nimai Pandit, he read that Nimai Pandit just gave up logic. He gave it up, and he became a Vaishnava. So, through reading about Nimai Pandit and trying to find something from Nimai Pandit, he became a little bit interested in Vaishnavism, and he decided one day to go and visit the Babaji's inn, in in Kodrum. So as he went there, uh, across the river, and he met the Vaishnavas, he was actually quite impressed by the depth of their discussions he had some really wonderful deep discussions with them about vana Asha. at first rajanath came in and when the babajis were welcoming him rajanath raised his hand to bless them <laughs> after all he was a Brahma, and uh, but as as the relationship developed, he realized that they were extremely learned and and very deep, and that that they were actually able to establish many points on the basis of scripture, including that the brahminical status was not hereditary by birth. In that way, uh, he was impressed. And Vrajanath decided that he would go back. And so it came to pass that Vrajanath at times went across the river. Well, Vrajanath's aunt, is growing up with his aunt. Now Vrajanath's aunt was getting quite concerned about that that suddenly he started to go across the river to Mayapur. Therefore, she was discussing that it was time, time for his marriage. (coughs) Mm. Yes. Meanwhile, Mm. meanwhile, Chudamani, Chudamani, was thinking about what to do, what to do to eliminate, to eliminate uh, um Vrajanath. Mm. What is that brother called again? There was a cousin, a cousin also of Rajanat, whose name just doesn't want to come to my mind. And he was a very conniving personality, a politician. So he said to his mother, the aunt, he said, don't worry, don't worry. I will fix this problem with Rajanath. So the intrigue is building up. And the cousin went to Mayapur and he, he saw how Rajanath went to meet the Babaji. Then, after Vrajanath had gone, then he went to the Babajis and he said, Oh, I have come, I have come to warn you, you know. There is this, this I saw this fellow Vrajanath, he's coming here from time to time. Ah. oh." Everyone knows in Navadip that you cannot trust rajanath He is very cunning, oh yes. And he speaks very sweet in front of you, but behind your backs he's ridiculing you and making fun of you. <laughs> then later, when he was home, he said to you, oh, today I had to be in Mayapur for some business, and it just happened to be so that... I just came across these babajis and they were just speaking about you and in such a disrespectful way and saying ah, we will pollute the caste of this Brahmana. It was just shocking, shocking. <laughs> <Politics>. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile the moon was moving along. And as you know, there is the waxing moon and the waning moon. The Paksha and the Krishna-paksha. The period of the dark moon. And then, on a dark moon night, Chudamani, <laughs> <laughs> Chudamani. went to the cemetery. And there, Judahite was collecting the ashes, the ashes from the burnt bodies. And he was taking these remnants and with mantras, throwing them into the fire and (laughs) attracting the goddess. Yes, and mantra after mantra. He was chatting, and then, and then, a powerful wind
1: <laughs>
0: began to blow over the plain. and then, just then, then, there was a voice in the sky. And the goddess said, oh, Raghunath Kudamani soon your competitor, Raghunath, will It's an intense story, I must say. Uh, absolutely. Yes, Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur takes us into Bengal with all its intrigue and everything. And there's like some tantric ritual going on in Judah is It's like, and the goddess appeared, and what's going to happen next? That. That. We will find out a little later. Many things are happening in, in poor. Oh yes, many things. One day 50 Muslims appear and they come to meet the Babaji's and they want a debate. <coughs> now, that's maybe not a healthy debate. It's like the sort of thing... Uh, you, know, you know these swords with the half moon in there? Uh, It sort of felt a little uncomfortable, one might think. But the Vaishnavas were ready to discuss. And they discussed basically about the form of the deity. And then, and then, they established on the basis of the Quran, that actually in the Quran, they also worship a deity and after all uh, uh, what is there in the very center of Mecca Um, what is there the holiest of holy shrines Um, there when every Muslim is offering his obeisances in which direction are they bowing they are bowing down in the direction of the Kaaba. And what is that Kaaba? Isn't that an idol? One may ask, So how is that not an idol, since they are so against idol worshipping? Anyhow, that discussion is very interesting. And Srila Bhakti Thakur explains. Uh, explains very nicely how the deity is bona fact. Oh yes, so many philosophers are coming, so many personalities are coming to discuss, shaktas are coming to argue that their philosophy, that Kali and Durga Maya are the real worshipable deities and so on. Uh, then, one day, one day, There was, in Saptagram, at a distance from Navadvip, a family, a business family. And this business family, husband and wife, became old. And in their old age, they were being neglected by their children. So they, they felt very sad. They felt very sad. So to encourage the children to do a little more for their parents, they came up with a suggestion and they said, they said, my dear children, um, we have saved some money and that money we will give to the one amongst you who will take care of us. Well, 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 after that meeting, all the various sons and daughters-in-law and so on all met. And they said, it's outrageous. It's outrageous. They've been hiding money from us all this time. Can you believe it? But you know, where could they have hidden it? I mean, without our knowledge. The only place where it could possibly be is in their bedroom (laughs) and nowhere else. I bet you it is there. You know, you know what, you know, we sent them on a pilgrimage to Navagli, yes. Uh, And they called their parents and they said, we were so moved by what you said and we felt so sad actually. We got so busy with so many things and we should have paid more attention to your needs. But Samadra, we neglected you. Therefore, now we wanted, you know, in order for you um, to have a wonderful experience, we have arranged that there is this very nice lady who will accompany you to Navadvip. She is very expert. She knows everything there. So that you can visit all the holy places and meanwhile we will repair the house and make everything really first class for your return. And then when the old folks were shipped off to Navadvip, they just dug up, they dug up everything in the bedroom and found the money. Well, the news traveled to Navadvipa and when the parents heard that they were very upset and they wanted to go back immediately, but someone said, no, don't go back, they might kill you. So, in this way we're getting a little bit of a sketch of, uh, of, of the landscape of the day, of the culture of the day and Bhaktivinoda Thakur very expertly presents to us the spiritual culture of the Vaishnavas presents to us Vaishnavas in dialogue with all kinds of other doctrines present to us then the Vaishnava teachings then present to us the more intimate nature of Vaishnava teachings Raganuga Bhakti and Prema Bhakti Prema Bhakti and all the topmost forms of bhakti in different rasas and uh, in this way and meanwhile there's this whole intrigue what happened to Prajnath? I mean it's just a little question. Sudhamani I mean did this thing on the bank of the river and there was this wind and that voice and everything, soon your competitor will be no more. All that was there? Yes. Yes. What happened was that as Rajanat kept on going to the Vaishnavas, he became more and more impressed and gradually, gradually, he became a Vaishnava, to the point that he took initiation and then he just gave up this whole Nyaya right there and then, just as Nimai Pandit had done. And so, Chudamani's competitor was no more. <laughs> a little dramatic effect for him. Yes, so, it's a very exciting book. Mo- The uh, the, uh, Jaiva Dharma, um, a book to read. I try to whet your appetite if you, uh, you know. Um, So, in this way, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, as a writer, um, as a writer, um, we can look at Bhaktivinoda Thakur. as a magistrate, it is very interesting how at the time of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu there were in Orissa, in Jagannath Puri, there were five personalities who called themselves the Panchisaka, the five friends. Of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They were not disciples, but friends. One of them was Jagannath Das, another one was Achyutananda. And the Panchasaka are very famous in Orissa. In fact, if you study the Orient history, you will see that there is about 150 years of literature dedicated to the Panchasaka, the Panchasaka era in literary studies. So they were very prominent. Ah. So one day Das went to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and Jagannatha said that he had written, he had written an Oriya commentary on the Bhagavatam, and he wanted to read it to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, "Oh, Jagannath, Jagannath, you are Ati Bari, which means you are too great. Oh, Jagannath, you are too great. So Jagannath took it took that as uh, as an honorific title, and he would go around with the name Jagannath, too great. <laughs> yeah. he would walk around as Jagannath." Jagannath Atibari, right, Atibari, too great, Jagannath too great. (laughs) That's a funny name to work around with, Jagannath too great. Um, So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu exposed him. So then, we read something about the history of the Atibaris. And the Atibaris, they became a whole, whole group. And this group, they were having uh, uh das. Then was uh, was known to uh, to have had little pastimes with the wives of other men. So this was brought to the attention of Maharaj Prataparudra, and Maharaj Prataparudra arrested him and put him in jail. Mm-hmm. Now, the Atibaris themselves say that when Maharaj Prataparuda asked Jagannath um, why he was with the wives of other men, then Jagannath said, when I'm, when I'm with the men, I'm one of them, and when I'm with the women, I am one of them. Maharaj Prataparudra was not impressed with that answer and threw him in jail. The Atibaris say that Jagannath became a woman in the jail, and that then the king released him, and that any and that his queen became a disciple. It is true that one of the queens of the king had some inclination towards the Atibaris and gave them a palace which they still have today. By the time of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, there were 15,000 Atibaris, all too great. <laughs> <laughs> one of them, one of them was known as Bishikishain. Bishikishain, he also had his Raslila pastimes, And of course, he had great mystic powers and anyone who would oppose him would get ill and all that. And uh, we remember how Bhaktivinoda Thakur was
2: using his position as a magistrate to expose false incarnations. Uh, He had already exposed a false
0: Balaram and locked him up in jail and now he was going after Bishikishen. Body. And he was, but that was very dangerous. Yeah. Anyone who would stand up against the Akti body, <laughs> against Bishikishet, Morajabe, he would. Shesh, Hweglo. Huh? shesh. You understand? Yeah. Shesh. Yes, so shesh is also a Sanskrit word for the end. Yes, Uh, anyway, so it was uh, very risky. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur had him captured and put in jail and was ready to try him and sit as a judge. Mm. He had been appointed as a magistrate by the British Raj and he was sitting as as a judge. Mm. Meanwhile he was getting extreme fever and meanwhile was it his one of the children or something? Wasn't it almost almost dying? Is that correct? One huh? One of the daughters. One of the daughters, right? Was also close to death. Yes. Um, and so, so this whole situation, uh, and the wife was crying, please, please, don't, I mean, don't do this. You, you kill our child, you know what I mean? Like, it's, you, you know, like justice is one thing, but not at the expense of you, of the life of your daughter. But you know, it continued, and just... Then there was this Britisher, uh, Mr. Ravenshaw, uh, Mr. Rev. Shaw. He had read something, he was a well-read man, and Mr. Reddinshaw brought some scissors, you know, maybe hedge cutters or whatever it was, I mean, something serious because dreadlocks, and they don't let themselves be cut with little nail clippers, but somehow or other, they, as the yogi was in the court, they jumped on his back and cut off all his hair because Ravenshaw had heard that the power is in the hair. <laughs> and sure enough, almost biblical, remember, Samson and all that. Anyway, yogi Bishikesheng indeed was not that great anymore. <laughs> I mean, sorry, you know, after that he went to jail where he died after some time. So this is a is a well known pastimes, but it's interesting how these atibaris uh, came into being. And you know the Jagannath does his commentary on the on the Bhagavad. is still today known as the Oriya Bhagavad, and the Oriya Bhagavad. Has thirteen cantos, not 12, thirteen. Thirteen <laughs> 13 cantos, and in the and the thirteenth canto, is all about sunyavat, because at the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, about fifty percent of Orissa was tribal, yeah. so it wasn't a very cultural state. Therefore, Buddhism and had a great influence in, in Orissa. And in the earlier history of uh, of Orissa, even Lord Jagannath was known as Buddha Jagannath. Yeah, so that was something. So therefore, it was not surprising that there was still some of that Sunyavad Buddhist philosophy that everything is void, everything in the end. And there is nothing. That's the problem with Buddhism, is that after a lot of hard work, what you get is nothing. <laughs> Therefore, we cannot recommend it. And, I mean, with us, at least you get some prasad. <laughs> at least that, right? <laughs> if not anything else. Uh, but there, that's even, even, even minimized, so I cannot recommend it, i um, because What is a philosophy that all came from nothing and became nothing? Else? it at that for tonight with Buddhism, uh, <coughs> the uh, but carrying on with Bhakti Vinodaka. So Bhakti Vinotako used his government position to, to deal with, uh, um, with many important religious uh, works. Like for example, in uh, he became the magistrate in Odisha of, of Changanathuri. <coughs> and he was on behalf of the government in charge of the create order amongst all the pandas and all the corrupt elements who pushed out of the temple. But he also started to work on the Panji. The panji is a historical record which is kept by the um, by the Jagannath Temple, and a whole history of whatever happened in the Jagannath Temple and related to the Jagannath Temple on palm leaves, and kept them in metal tubes. Uh, of course, unfortunately, some of them, when you open them, only power powder comes out. Uh, but there has been, Martin uh, was trying to restore them and at least create some records of that because he was scholarly and he was interesting and it was not only the history of Jagannath Temple but also the history of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who was there, Uh, therefore uh, some some German team has in more recent times uh, worked also on the model of Panji, so something is there but still very incomplete. Yes, so Bhaktivedo Thakur was also using his government position not only to create order, but also to do research. Therefore, he requested to be transferred to Mayapura. And there uh, a post that he got and uh, because he was interested in the birth site of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Now, in Mayapur we can go across the Jalangi to Sarupganj, and we can go to the house of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. There's a little railway track there, and with a small train that actually Bhaktivinoda Thakur made there. He made that train in his house which was the residence of uh, of the magistrate and there there was a government fan a, a, a ceiling fan running on kerosene you can see that right and the takur would stay there in that residence and and be absorbed in the worship of the lord and in chanting the holy name and It is interesting that uh, Śrīla Bhakti Siddhanta would also stay there. And it is interesting that actually, that actually there's been occasions where four of our acharyas were present there. Śrīla Jagananda's Babaji, Śrīla uh, Bhakti Vinod Thakur, Śrīla Das Babaji and Śrīla Bhakti Siddhāntas Haraswati Thakur all present there (coughs) simultaneously it's interesting Um, and Bhakti Vinod Thakur would um, instruct would instruct and speak from Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam and Gaurakasurda's Babaji would listen he would listen with great eagerness you would hear. Mm. And of course. It is said that Srila Bhakti Vinam Thakur gave his son. I mean he had thirteen kids, right? And I can't remember which number Bhakti was somewhere five or six. That's what I Huh? You think seven? Yeah, five, five, six, seven. Somewhere in the middle, yeah. And Srila Bhakti was a uh, he was of course an extraordinary son to an extraordinary father, because Silabati, you know, had prayed, prayed, uh, prayed for the Lord to please send him some help. Then he gets this son, and the umbilical cord is wrapped around his <laughs> neck like a like a Brahmin thread, and. The, extraordinary this boy, even at a very young age, already very learned. And it was actually Srila Bhaktivinov Taku who gave him Harinam. He gave him Harinam. But then the second initiation, the formal diksha, he got from Gurgasura. So you know we would actually count him as Bhaktivinoda's disciple if he got by our standards. Anyhow, so someone or other, um, this uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur um, had this extraordinary son who became like his expansion, practically speaking, who completely meditated on the mission of his father um, and who gave this. Siddha Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Uh, he appeared at a very difficult time because at the time the uh, <coughs> reputation of the Vaishnavas had become thoroughly corrupted. It is said that in there is tantra. Mm. Tantra is basically referring to scriptures that describe rituals. That is Tantra. So Tantra are scriptures that are ritualistic. Now, there, is, there are all kinds of Tantras. Tantra was already existing in at the time of the Buddhists. So there was Buddhist Tantra. And in this Buddhist Tantra, there were elements of the, the male and female universal forces manifesting in a man and in a woman, and in this way corporal activity could be kind of experienced as transcendental. So these things came from Buddhist Tantra and also made its entry amongst Gaudiya, Vaishnava, Sahaja groups. right? Who were uh, imitation Vaishnavas, who were practicing such things. Yes. So, in this way, the name and reputation of Vaishnavas had become like totally disrespected. But it was Bhaktivinoda who was reclaiming the ground. Bhaktivinoda Thakur is known as the Seventh Goswami, And why is the Seventh Goswami? Because the Six Goswamis established the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Then after, for a long time, they were lost, and then once again re-established by Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur investigated all kinds of scripture. And at his time, there was no institution. Bhaktivinoda Thakur was practically alone, practically single-handedly carving out what the teachings of Mahaprabhu were. He had Chaitanya Charitamrita and he was studying Chaitanya Charitamrita. So by absorbing scriptures, uh, by scriptures he was gradually restoring what are what is actually the motive of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Oh. And then his son, then his son, who was such a great scholar, um, carried on that mission. And together they were publishing, uh, publishing so many, uh, so many magazines, and books, and um, so publishing was a major, um, a major um, activity of. Um, of them to establish this movement. Um, In eighteen nineteen six, the year of Prabhupada's birth, Srila Bhaktivinoda sent uh, a book to Canada to the McGill University with an attempt to bring Krishna consciousness to the West. Mm. It's interesting that This was the birth year of Śrīla Prabhupāda who actually brought Krishna consciousness to the West. Mm. So, we are um, seeing in Bhaktivinoda Thakur the Vaishnava who practically covered every topic uh, it's hard to find a topic that Śrīla Bhakti Siddhanta has not addressed within the Vaishnava culture and community. Uh, and, uh, then Śrīla Bhakti Siddhanta um, begins to establish standards and, and standardizing practices and uh, based on scripture and And in this way, um, we should understand that Srila Bhakti Vinod Thakur and Srila Bhakti Siddhanta are both very much living in Srila Prabhupada. Of course, the six Goswamis are living in Prabhupada, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami is living in Prabhupada, but in terms of the movement that Prabhupada created, that was shaped by by Thakur and Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. One could say that Bhakti Thakur gave the vision. He is like the architect. And that Srila Bhakti Siddhanta was like the engineer who, who brought that vision onto the ground in a practical manner and created a movement. Um uh, bhakti Vitaka was one man who was basically uh, getting support from the general Hindu community, but he was he was one man but then Bhakti Siddhanta started a movement uh, started an institution and and started to uh, Bhaktivedanta Chaka, one man, he did have a disciple, he did have one disciple, other than than Śrīla Bhakti Siddhānta, initiator. Then he also had another son, uh, who was a great learned Vaishnava, Prasad Thakur, Mm, but there were some philosophical uh, differences
2: there, and Prabhupāda took distance from Dalit Bazaar Thakur.
0: So, Sila Bhaktivinoda Thakur reflects so much in what Sila Prabhupada gave us. Um, He is the architect for Krishna consciousness in the modern world. Uh, Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur sort of gave the formulas like the engineer and then Prabhupada just took it and just like gave it to the whole world and made it practical right, right. as he was was working with it. So in this, therefore the, uh, whenever we are celebrating the appearance days of
2: Srila
0: Bhakti Vinod O Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, then that is of special significance to us. Prabhupada uh-huh. said that the words of Srila Bhakti Vinod are as good as Shastra. <coughs> and they have so many words, yeah? so as good as Shastra. So that is very significant. Um, in Jagannath Puri, Śrīla Bhakti Vinod Thakur resided in, um, in, a, in a place called Bhakti Kuthir. and Bhakti Kutir was just opposite of the, uh, of the uh, uh, place where the Samadhi of Haridas Thakur is, just on the other side of the street. So, therefore, uh, he was staying very closely to Haridas Thakur. And there is a very famous poem that he wrote. And I just want to read that poem. Um, one second. So this poem <coughs> is found on the samadhi of, of Haridas. So Siddhaktiv wrote that poem particularly to glorify Haridas Takur. Oh. oh born of Muslim parents, Haridas and trained in youth in Muslim creed, the noble heart to Vaishnav truth did pass. Thy holy acts thy candor plead. Is there a soul that cannot learn from thee, that man must give up sect for God, that thoughts of race and sex can never agree? With what they call religion broad, the love of God and brother soul alone. Bereft thyself of early friends, thy softer feelings oft to kindness prone, let on thyself for higher ends. I weep to read that Kazi's and their men oft persecuted thee, alas! But thou didst nobly pray for the wicked then, for thou wert vaishna us, and God is boundless grace to thee, O man. United thee to one who came to save the fallen souls from evil's plan of taking human souls to shame. And he it was who led you all that came for life eternal, holy, pure, and gave you rest in heaven's enduring name and sacred blessings ever sure. The body rests upon the sacred sands. Of Swargadar, near the sea. Oh, hundreds come to thee from distant lands To enjoy a holy, thrilling glee. The waters roar and storming winds assail Thy ears in vain, ah, Vaishnava's soul. The charms of Vrindavan, thy heart regale. Unknown, the wheel of time doth roll. He reasons ill who tells that Vaishnavas died. When thou art living still in sound, the Vaishnavas die to live, and living try to spread a holy life around. Now let the candid man that seeks to live follow by way on shores of time. Then posterity sure to him will give, like one song in simple rhyme. Alas, for those who spend their days In festive mirth and joy, the dazzling, deadly liquid forms their hearts forever employ. The shining bottles charm their eyes and draw their hearts embrace. The slaves of wine can never rise from what we call disgrace. Was man intended to be a brute in work and heart? Should man, the lord of all around, from common sense depart? Man's glory is in common sense, dictating us to grace that man is made to live and love the beauteous heaven's embrace. The flesh is not our own, alas, The mortal frame, a chain. The soul confined from former wrongs should try to rise again. Why then this childish play in that which cannot be our own, which falls within a hundred years? As if a, a rose a-blown Our life is but a rosy hue To go ere long for naught, The soul alone would last forever With good or evil fraught How deep the thought of times to be How grave the aspect looks And wrapped in all become, O oh we, when reading nature's books Man's life to him, a problem, dark, a screen both left and right. No soul has come to tell us what exists beyond our sight. But then a voice, how deep and soft within ourselves is felt. Man, man, thou art immortal soul. The death can never melt, for thee thy sire on high has kept. A store of bliss above To end of time thou art, O oh, his Who once but purest love? O oh, love, thy power and spell benign, now melt my soul to God. How can thy earthly words describe that feeling soft and broad? Enjoyment, sorrow, what but lots to which the flesh is heir? The soul that sleeps alone concludes, in them it hath a share. And then, my friends, no more enjoy, nor weep, for all belong. The women, wine, and flesh of beast, no love on thee bestow. But thine to love thy brother man, and give thyself to God. And God doth know your wages fair, this fact is true and broad. Forget the past, death sleeps, and never the future dream at all, but act in times that are with thee, and progress thee shall call. But tell me not, in reasoning cold, the soul is made alone, by earth is mechanic lifeless rules, and to destruction prone. My God, who gave us life and all, alone the soul can kill or give it all the joys above, his promise to fulfill. So push thy onward march, O soul, against an evil deed that stands with soldiers' hate and lust. A hero be indeed. Maintain thy post in spirit world as firmly as you can. Let never matter push thee down, O stand heroic man, O Saragrahi Vaishnava soul. Thou art an angel fair. Lead, lead me on to Vrindavan and spirit's power declare. Dare, rest my soul from matter free upon my lover's arms. Eternal peace and spirit's love are all my chanting charms. So, Saragrahi, Saragrahi. Grahi means who's taken shelter. So Sara Grahi means who's completely taken shelter. Satevashi, oh. Sara Grahi Vaishnava. It's a little Shakespearean, <laughs> but uh, uh, maybe every once in a while it is flying over your head and you miss the a word here and a word there, Uh, I even missed it while I was reading it, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, that's okay. You know, we got the gist, Uh, we got the gist. because um, I, just, was a Muslim, have taken up now something that had nothing to do with religion, um, that thoughts of race and sect can never agree with what they call religion broad. Thy love of God and brother soul alone, uh, love of God and brother soul, Hey, brother soul. <laughs> brother soul and sister soul. It's nice. It's, it's something I mean, something to download, you know. You can Google it, download it, and, you know, I mean, if need be, we may have translators also. Okay maybe Shaman and they can help us sometimes when we die and D and come <laughs> yeah, it's like <sighs> but it's very deep mm-hmm. <coughs> die love for God and brother soul alone mm. that's it how exalted Haridas is, and then in contrast the conditioned souls. So in this way we can see how Śrīla Bhakti Thakur was a very, very learned person actually, a very cultured man, a very educated man. Uh, he. Um, Mm -hmm. there is a book called the Tatva Viveka and the Tatva Viveka is is a very interesting book he deals with western philosophers and he knows his philosophers I mean he just like uh, just does a whole number on western philosophy just like left and right this one presents that, and that one presents that, but it's wrong because of these and these reasons, and it just like exposes the whole thing. Just as a tadpanti viveka, and very for those who are interested in philosophy, there you go, Western uh, philosophy. Sink mm-hmm. your teeth in it and check it out. Uh, such such a broad range, incredible. We covered everything, every aspect. Um, the Patma Purana is very important for our sampradaya because it is in the Padma Purana that the that there is a verse which establishes that in Kali Yuga there are four bona fide sampradayas, one of them being the Gaudiya Sampadaya. So Therefore, Bhaktivinoda Thakur published the Bhagavad Purana. So it's like he was everywhere and everywhere, at every junction where it was relevant and important to it. Therefore, Bhaktivinoda Thakur is a spiritual giant. A spiritual giant. We cannot just think like, and... Um, um, And then, you know, anyway, there is so much more. I could go on for a very long time. (coughs) But what I wanted to do was to ask if if maybe Prabhu would like to come and sit here for a while and tell us something, and then I'll go sit there in that chair. It looks very comfortable (laughs) (laughs) and must be well warmed up. I can probably speak from here. (laughs) No, but that would not be the same. (laughs) Finally swap. It will save some mechanical arrangements. No, it's not a big deal. I'll jump off in a sec. I'll be right there. (laughs) In a snap.
2: Could I ask you a question before. Oh, that you. Uh, you were mentioning about the part in the Taj uh, Mahal where the Muslims came to discuss the form of God. you give us a brief synopsis? I'll well, do my best, although
0: it is a little complicated. But, uh, uh, <coughs> the registers. Oh, 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 it. It. oh, 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 Put so the folder push the registers in. I understand. Push them in. You're breaking them. Sorry. Um, now I I I would have to such a concept
2: You Bhubaneswar is actually the capital of Puri, but at the time there was nothing there. Uh, and he enlisted another devotee there, whose name was Bhagavad Das. And uh, Bhagavad Das had the amazing ability to go from extremely big to extremely small within a very short time, and. Uh, at the time he was manifesting his larger size. So, the song in the score of Vendamaris mentioned that he was suited for translating, and of course through a prophet, as we all will always know, was so much interested in his books coming out in different languages to the extent that he said that when I see one of my books printed in another language I feel like I have conquered an empire. Uh, so, uh, this only, Skorga Vinamars, mentioned that uh, he was more suited toward the translation. So he was asking Shri Prabhupada for some assistance. So Prabhupada said, go and get the fat one. Get the fat one. Which, in many ways, is maybe not the way people like to read. Be referred to. Um, So I brought in Bhagavad Das, and he was, Prabhupada asked him, Well, how would you like to stay here? And of course, he wasn't. Devotees always wanted to get Shri Prabhupada's transcendental association, no matter where it was. But uh, being there in that isolated place. He was saying, no, Srila Prabhupada, I was just discussing with his devotee that uh, there's a very nice preaching program to develop in New York. And generally speaking, Srila Prabhupada is very interested in any preaching program. Srila Prabhupada said, New York? They have so many devotees in New York. Uh, And then he said, well, Srila Prabhupada, uh, my health is not so good. Has not been so good? And Prabhupada said, no, this is a very healthy place. This is a very healthy place. You just take your lota and you go out in the field and you pass and you clean up and it's a very healthy place. And, uh, and then he said, well, actually, sure, Prabhupada, I, I haven't been chanting my ground. Prabhupada said, that's all right. I want you to stay here. and and build this place. And then, he he could see that Prabhupada wasn't going to let him off the hook. So then he he surrendered. And he said, well, so Prabhupada, we know from the Guru Vastakam that if we please the spiritual master, we please Krishna. And Prabhupada said, yes. I want you to stay here, build this place like that. And so, he stayed behind. We were reading in the to many times where Prabhupada was traveling on a train near Delhi, and some man had come to him and told him that we should have a temple there. This was in 1970 or something. And they pulled into the station, and Prabhupada told Muradas and Jumuna to get down, get down here. And built a temple. So it was like uh, Shri Prabhupada was very kind, like that. (laughs) Uh, uh, Just telling people. And of course, the devotees were extremely surrendered. They would do uh, what they could to follow Shri Prabhupada's instructions so nicely. So there was this Panda from the uh, Puri temple, actually who was arranging a program to present the Bhagawat of Jagannath uh, in Puri. And they built a little pandal on the beach, and he had invited Srila Prabhupada to make the presentation. So, in many places, uh, different so-called religious personalities were using Srila Prabhupada for their own devices but Śrīla Prabhupāda was not such a person to be utilized for any material purpose. So he was introduced, of course. Śrīla Prabhupāda was well-famous, what to say in India, where people actually understood what a, a sādhu really was. So Prabhupāda was asked to speak, and Śrīla Prabhupāda immediately began to glorify Lord Jagannath. And he criticized, because many of the managers and people in charge of the Puri Temple were there, that he's Jagannath. He's not Puri-nath or Arisanath. He's Jagannath. And these devotees are from all over the world. They're, They're spreading the glories of Lord Jagannath. And you do not even let them come into his temple. So Prabhupada was chastising them like that. And then Prabhupada got up to leave. And this pandit grabbed the book and said, the, he replied to Prabhupada to introduce the book. And Prabhupada, he picked up the book and he said, I have not read it. I do not know. But they say this is the Bhagavad Gita, Jagannath and he just put it down and he walked off. So and Mars has given us so much information about this Bhagavad and uh Buddhist Bodhi, uh, Sunyavad, which it's very interesting stuff. So we're so fortunate. Uh, Shirdubakti Vinod, as as Maharaj was saying, he was a spiritual giant, and I really appreciate the first words Maris spoke, that to. And we always try to do justice to Shirdubakti Vinod's uh, wonderful uh, service, but it's, it's 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 too big a job. He's he's just uh, magnificent. Uh, and we're for such tiny little, especially myself, tiny little devotees. How can we appreciate the wonderful achievements of Sri Yukteswar? Um, so we're we're fortunate that he resurrected and restored the the meaning uh, of the Vaishnava philosophy and the movement of Lord Chaitanya it was practically lost, even uh, so quickly after Lord Chaitanya and his uh, important disciples had left the world practically <coughs> speaking so quickly, uh, the material energy overwhelmed, misdirected, misguided the understanding of what true Vaishnava means. So, Shuru Bhakti, you as Morris said, practically single-handedly, Practically single-handedly, he restored the movement of Lord Chaitanya. And on the year of Prabhupada's birth, uh, he sent copies of uh, Lord Chaitanya's Life and Precepts. I understand he sent to different universities around the world. And I'd heard that one devotee went to that university and and looked to see if the book was there and found the book and permanently checked it out, <laughs> unfortunately. For uh, historical so, purposes. Historical yeah. purposes. Uh, so, uh, and it's notable that it was on the birth year of our wonderful Prabhupada. So we have so much uh, uh, we owe Shilabakshminot, Thakur especially, and all of our great acharyas uh, for uh, uh, passing on the wonderful uh, mission of Lord Chaitanya. And we're also so very uh, uh, indebted to Prabhupada that he didn't cheat us. He didn't cheat. Uh, wherever you want in the world, and you read, again, the, the Llamrata and the, the 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 yogi, or the I can't remember the name, Dr. Mishra. Dr. Mishra. He was, was set up. He was set up in America. He had a fancy apartment. He had a uh, a building, practically. He had a farm. He had a farm with all kinds of stuff. He was set up, but he was just cheating people. He was just utilizing Western facilities to spread his poison, practically, even though, in many ways, uh, he deserves the credit for at least helping Shura in some small way. But Srila never cheated us. He didn't give us this my body poison. Uh, he gave us the absolute truth. So uh, as <coughs> we have such wonderful uh, preceptors, we have such wonderful uh, uh, guide guides uh, to point us along the way towards the ultimate goal of devotional service. And uh, all the wonderful books I was reading today from the Krishna Samhita, and even in the introduction there, Shilabhavya you know, Takori mentions that I I would have liked to have commented on the Shrimad Bhagavatam, but he said it would it would take too long. I don't have the time. So, he, and there's an interesting uh, clip on the following Shri Prabhupada videos where uh, His Holiness Vishnu Janaswami is asking Shri Prabhupada about Shri Babaji saying that he, he, he had not finished his work, and he asked him, "Well, how is it that Shri Bhakti noh made that statement?" And Prabhupada said, he's left the work for us to finish. He's given us something to do. He said, he's a Vaishnava. He can do everything. He can finish everything. But he's left us something to do. He's left us something, uh, some service to perform. So, uh, in many ways, he lamented. Uh, he prayed for Shri Bhakti Siddhanta. Uh, the the ray of Vishnu, and again on Srila Bhakti Siddhanta's appearance days, uh, we're also, you know, there's there's no way of fully um, uh, delineating all their wonderful uh, achievements. Uh, But we have the opportunity on these days to pray to them for their mercy, for their uh, intercept uh, in their, uh, their mercy to help us uh, achieve something for their pleasure, and the pleasure of Srila Prabhupada. So that is the special uh, the special uh, uh, thing that is, that's available on the appearance days of these great souls. Uh, so many books uh, so many songs so many wonderful songs Uh, we don't uh, we don't sing so many of them, unfortunately. Uh, when I was in Mayapur in 1975, after Mangalarti, we would then we would chant Japa for a little while, but then uh, then they would sing bhajans. They would sing uh, uh, and then Jeep Jago, Jeep Jago, and we go through a whole list of some <coughs> of the more favorite of Note songs. It's unfortunate that we don't take the opportunity to sing more of them. Uh, like that. wonderful songs and and wonderful uh, modes of devotion. Uh, okay. <coughs> <coughs> Everyone went to sleep. Mm-hmm. You can go home and do that. Thank you, Marge.